0: From the Trenches Summit 2.0 is live. On the 20th and 21st of June, you will be joined by Zero Dex, Change GPS, Divi Bay, and thousands of other accountants for content that is actionable and relevant. Right now, you will join us and hopefully raise up to $25,000. For Lifeline, Paul and I want to champion men's health in the accounting industry. Lifeline provide fantastic services and we are bandied with them to try to make accounting a little bit easier and more fun for accountants. We got content about crypto. We're going to make our own NFT, our own smart contractor from the trenches. We're going to talk about the macroeconomic trends and microeconomic trends with our friends from Zero. how to do really quick month ends for those of us doing management recording a month. end. the ATO will join us with Deborah Jenkins. Of course, Paul and I'll be there. And Timothy Munro will tell you how to sack your worst 30% of fees. We've got Excel tips. We've got recruitment tips. And we've got some really practical stuff that how to do the advisory your clients love to receive. It's on the 20th and 21st of June. Head to summit.fromthetrenches.com.au. From
1: the Trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS. Come and we're joined today by Absol- oh. <laughs> a man <laughs> Jump, who, ha- who, who still in. doesn't know his cues. G'day, Paul. Uh, hello. Thank you, David. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. Uh, you paused. You just gave me a pause. And as normal, mate, I was busily trying to get our... Uh, our stuff into the spreadsheet, David. Our information. Right. Uh, big week. We're going to run through very quickly. Let's let, let's go. We have got there's so uh, best and worst on ground for today's episode. Then we were going to talk about two things big at the moment. One continuation on the professional bodies. Uh, uh, how a, a professional body can lodge something late is beyond me. Uh, and also just do a quick recap, David. The first proper roadshow happened in the last few weeks. We will break that down. You from a, an exhibitor side, and me from a presenter slash attendee side. Uh, but that is at the end. Roll us through your best on ground. Right. 50-minute show condensed into 25 minutes. you got to go pick up the kids and I want to get home. Best Absolutely. on ground. Accounting coaches that prove their value with the PL. We give it to accounting coaches, Paul, because they talk airy, flary, thought, leadership, do as I say, not as I do stuff. But not this one. Sharon McClafferty from Slipstream Group, recently rebranded Slipstream Group, who has been on trenches before, I always get their name wrong, put a post up on LinkedIn showing, yes, I'm going to work on a Friday, but get this, she doesn't work Fridays. Um, I've just gone through all of our numbers, and she's actually transparently shown a P&L of the performance of the, one of the firms that she coaches. Not a P&L. It's not a P&L, David. You've, you've been, obviously been a little while out. It's, a, it's the KPIs. Well, it's it's, a, it's, it's EBITDA, it's the it's, bottom line. Thank you. It's not the whole P&L. It's but just the profit. It's, it's just, yes. Yes, it, which is good. I, no. look, it, is, it is good to see it in real life. It's always good to see it in real life. Uh, this client has doubled its EBITs, what she said. EBITs are from 6% to 22% and increased revenue by 50, 50% in one year. I dare say some of that would have happened anyway just by what's happening in the marketplace. but what i love is how transparent this is it got 115 likes that is a lot for a coach's comment i believe it's just she's kind of gloating but transparency in marketing is going to work in the accounting uh, world for anyone trying to sell to accounts in the future it's going to work i'm not doubting this david but here we go when you're talking about a year to date profit mm. right mm. a business that makes 50 grand a month in, in net profit, like, yeah. isn't that all it is? Like, July 1 starts at nil because it's the start of a new tax year. Yeah. Then it's, it's just a business that with no context on size, shape, complexity, et cetera. It's basically just saying that this firm makes 50 grand a month in profit. Like, it's not a year-to-date figure grows inherently. This isn't year-to-date compared to last year. This is just like if your profit monthly isn't going, if your, if your earnings year-to-date figure isn't going up each month, like isn't that just normal? You, well, yes, you are correct, but I'm reading the, uh, the analysis that she's done on it, not just looking at the chart, and she also went through a big case study at Accounting Business Expo. I don't doubt that, but that's just profit figure going up. That's just a year-to-date profit figure going up monthly. I'm sure there's a lovely success story. I wasn't in the session. As you, as you do point out, I have not read the article or the post. I just looked at the graphs and thought to myself, profit goes up each month, especially when you're talking about year-to-date. Anyway, David, what else you got? Uh, this is why people hire McKinsey. Matthew Zeitlin, I don't know who this bloke is, we had a go at McKinsey for suggesting that Seinfeld should have used, uh, well, when HBR, Harvard Business Review asked Seinfeld if he, would have been, if he would have been better using McKinsey, and Seinfeld said, are they funny? Uh, and so I'm talking about it because it's a continuation of the McKinsey story. Matthew Zitland, uh, CNN Plus launched the latest streaming service. I think he got shut, shut down in like two weeks or something, Paul. Like just this epic failure. Uh, and Matthew said that McKinsey is being blamed for the wildly optimistic CNN Plus subscriber projections. is a good insight into why companies hire McKinsey. It is right. If you're the executive who came up with it, you get to blame McKinsey, then you don't lose your job. It's the same reason why people get the big four firms to put their shiny logos on their order certificates. You just tend to have trust in the brand. Cool. This, to me, this is very similar, David, to one of the real things I have about uh, share price, anything to do with the share prices. They always say the share price went down because of the, it, it, it didn't meet expectations. Seriously. These people should just stop making expectations. Like, like it's just like projections are inherently false. Stop making decisions based on projections, and then and then complaining that the Ouija board that spat out the projection didn't come true. Seriously, people, stop you trying had, to look forward. Did you ever read uh, anything that Adam Smith ever wrote? The <laughs> the, guy the, the, the guy who invented capitalism. So the free market economy. I'd like. I'd love to bring him back and get him on From the Trenches. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I won't. Next to me. <laughs> uh, what do you do after you sell a global payroll app, Paul? What do you do? Uh, Whatever you want. Sure. Exactly. Richard McLean, one of the co-founders of KeyPay app. Oh, they in six different countries. Uh, sold out, 100% sold out. Congratulations to him. A great Aussie business success story. I was just saw him on Twitter and I just jumped on. I just thought this was pretty funny. Richard McLean, his Twitter bio. You know, most people talk themselves up on this, on this, on this thing. Mine says, I did a TED Talk. Richard McLean says, unemployed and unemployable. <laughs> He's the sort of bloke you would love to have in your company at the moment, I think. Uh, am I, am I going to keep going? Go. Keep going. So this is a big article and this is fascinating. So this is a coming from the Investing 101 Substack, this newsletter, What's in Evaluation? This is a warning sign to any of your clients or anyone who's listening who's working for a tech company inside the account tech industry. This is a deep dive analysis about what your employee shares that you get under employee share scheme are actually worth and what has to happen for you to get the value of those shares. So... It's incredible. There's a huge amount of analysis in it. I absolutely love it. And here's one of the things that they've had a look at. So Notion, which is an app that a lot of accountants use for um, sort of wikis and internal procedures, the latest valuation was $10 billion. The typical salary at Notion says the report is $140,000 salary plus $100,000 in stock. The future valuation to believe that your equity is worth a million dollars, because that's sort of like the thing, you know, everyone likes to think in, in this space, and, and it's a bit different in the Australian accounting space. We like to think equity yeah, is worth a fortune. The future valuation needs to be a billion dollar, a hundred billion dollars for you to think your equity is worth a million dollars. And what I love about the article, aside from the deepness of its analysis is to your point before Paul, when you are including the value of your remuneration and you include your employee shares, unless that's a publicly traded company, that is not a liquid asset. So many things need to happen for you to get that value and it's hard. No, I'm, I'm sitting in this seat now. I've got staff. It is hard to maintain that. You are constantly relying on a liquid equity market to buy out your shares effectively after they vest. And this article explains just how insane these valuations need to be for you to get sometimes what you think it's worth. Lower the expectations, the message in this article, Paul. I, I think we do. I've, anything to do with valuations is, is just silly. Uh, the The amount of them, the calculation method, the <laughs> – What's, yeah, anyway. your favorite, what's your favourite? What's your favourite valuation method, Paul? Net assets on a balance sheet, times Pretty one. Pretty much. It's not but, wrong. But uh, anyway, no. So look, ladies, but it's certainly not. Uh, you know, not not last person in the door at share price, unless there is massive amounts of, vol- of volume. Uh, but again, I think people do love looking at the size of a number, not thinking that yeah, you might share that with a million people. Uh, certainly not a lot of the companies. They may they, they look. They may as well have fun uh, while it's growing, because the musical chairs happens, and there is uh, a lot more bums than chairs, generally, <laughs> in the startup world. Uh, yeah, more bums. could before. be. There could, <laughs> there could be more bums, mate. There's a lot of jobs flying around. Oh, right, what have you got? What's next? They're really interesting to me. You often talk about the Great Resignation. I sort of, with very low employment, it is more like the Great Movement. I don't know about you. It my LinkedIn feed is just a wash with new job, with with movement, job yeah. movement. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know why. I wonder whether it's just that the that the chaos of COVID, where people were really hanging on to those those jobs, you know, I just, I, I'm i just seeing a lot of it. I, I, uh, it. It's really, really interesting to me. Not a lot of them sort of thinking back and I, I'm not surprised by a, I don't necessarily see a trend towards not working or toward, towards working for themselves or there, there are a couple. Um, but often it's just, yeah, going to another coloured T-shirt generally. But interesting. It does seem to be a lot of movement. Uh, I'm sort of seeing it in my feed as well. Um, we're hiring at Change GPS, So we, we tend to do it privately through our private networks rather than uh, sort of putting the big ads up. Divi Pay at the moment has 14 positions available, Paul. 14. That is a lot of jobs. Oh, I'm seeing people moving around as well. You're right, it is a bit of a change of T-shirt because for a lot of these smaller companies, when you're sort of selling the dream, when you get to say, oh, if you're a tech and you get to say, yeah, look out, Head of Partnerships was X-Zero and our um, Head of Customer Success was X-Intuit. If you're uh, in the VC space or if you're someone putting money in, maybe you don't know the industry that well, you sort of looking at those logos and sort of breed some trust. It's that trust transition called. Yep. 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 Although yeah. just because they come from zero doesn't mean they're any good. There's a lot of uh, momentum with the zero brand. It's a pretty easy product to sell. That's, it. uh, that's if it's a sales role. What are we doing? Worst on Grounds? Let's go. Worse. On ground. Oh, I'm going to kick off because. Right. Fancy that. One thing, exactly. This article came across my desk. I'll find a link somewhere. But um, the interest rates have gone up, like for the, for, in however long. It's these constant articles. There was this article about a single mum, two kids, who, in the last two years, so like during COVID, earned earned 85, or sorry, two years ago, 85k a year. She took money out of her super, took the 20 grand out of her super, which apparently is only supposed to be done under the hardship provisions. Yeah. Um, took, took advantage of borrowing at an obscenely low interest rate that was always gonna move north, was given money by some bank, is now plastered on the front of the AFR, going or uh, if 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 my uh, and is on an interest only loan going oh, if interest rates go up i'm going to have to stop eating or if, you know, think about i'm like are you serious like seriously number one like and, and it actually it's actually quoted in the article saying i built a dream home and she's worried that she's yeah, uh, the, the world's gone crazy david like it, just to think that that wouldn't like, how is she even going to deal with it when it's not interest only? Like, she's struggling to make the repayments at interest only on, on the lowest interest rates we will likely see in our entire lives, David. How? And interestingly, someone did make a good point. Who, where, where was the lack of advice? Where was the lack of, of an understanding of, hang on, you've really got to factor in higher interest rates Because it's not surprising to anyone else, except apparently this person and the journalist who feels like writing these articles. Uh, Well, thank you, Steve Carell and the Big Short. That was a very uh, interesting experience to listen to. I think you're right. But when you go to lend, when you borrow money, I just got a car loan. When you go to borrow money, the banks factor in an increase in rates and assume you still can afford it. So, like, what happened? The interest, this rise wasn't that much. No, no, I, but I just, look, I, I suppose as a tax accountant, I can't get over the fact that she was happy to, on the in an AFR article, admit that she lied on the application to get her super out. Yeah, that was, you, yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Can you plead the fifth on that one? Oh, I don't know. just sounds like, I don't know, who knows? It, I, I'm sick of it. You know, it's someone else's fault that interest rates went up. No, it's not. Like seriously, they should feet. From the, the, the trenches, probably when that they went to teach school, the they did in school. They, they. You know what? I'm trying to dig in a story. I heard a rumor that Zero is getting rid of Zero Learn. Unconfirmed rumor. I, it was. I didn't realize it was still breathing. Oh, good luck getting job-ready candidates out of universities if that's not around. You know, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go again. That's Sage rebrand. Have you seen the Sage rebrand? That is, seriously. you know, all those, uh, those jokes about, you know, please let's never use this font type again. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Comic Sans. Sans. The, mate, this, the font type on it is, is comical. If Benny Hill, if the Benny Hill music yeah, had a that. font type, it would be the new <laughs> Sage logo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm looking at it now I'm trying to think what it looks like Um it honestly reminds me of a snake I think it looks like that fat car out of the uh, museum down in Hobart it just looks I don't know it's just I don't know what's what's wrong with it anyway uh, what's your worst on ground we've got to keep moving it's like a neon glow sticks that my kids would play with it's pretty bad Um, they probably would have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on no. that one I know it's crazy that's it right, right, so let's got- get into two big we've got two big tips all right which one do you want to do first? Do you want to do the IPA and CPA or... Well, let's, just do, or let's, just, let's just quickly do the IPA one because it just like... So we, we gave a pretty strong uh, episode on the bodies. The, in response to Section 100A Trust Distribution, uh, the IPA and CPA, as, as did CA, called for submissions despite having a six-year head start on this and, and being in the room with the ATO. The IPA <laughs> missed the deadline. Like, well, like we think it, they missed it. We think they missed it. Well, sorry. They missed the advertised deadline. Whether or not they had some side deal, who who knows? And largely, who cares? But it was it it was late. And it was it was like a small fluffy response. This is an issue that caused such grief amongst their membership and amongst accountants in general to reply late with something as soporific as what they came up with is just why haven't we said that last week i just reiterate why haven't we don't know uh cpi documents are dated after the deadline which was the 29th of last month so they may have submitted it on time and future date it i don't know why i could do that and if you submitted late wouldn't you just backdate it? I don't know. Maybe they got I, I don't know why why it happened. But what it does show is I'm not sure the ATO, the, I'm not sure the bodies had the urgency that accountants had in getting the clarity that they wanted on this one. Um so if it was and, if if it wasn't eight seriously eight pages you could have done it a day after the a, a day after the the ATO ruling came out. You didn't need the whole deadline to to submit eight pages. If you um should the ATO accept them? What happens if you lodge late for one of your of course, clients? Yeah. Look, I, I, what anyway, message does that send to you about your lodgement program if the accounting bodies don't have to follow the ATO's deadlines? Exactly. Membership, membership uh, forms, no, don't worry about the deadline. You know, the person who comes up in front of the TPB, oh, I'm an IPA member, though, deadlines don't count. Anyway, let's... They should have been more specific about why, about uh, whether or not they did miss the deadline. Well, while we're on the on the topic of Section 100A, I want to do a big shout out to. Uh, I'm so impressed by this Peter McCarthy. Peter McCarthy um, uh, has been on from the trenches before. He was is an accountant uh, down in Melbourne. He has a um, runs a typical accounting practice. He got an audience with Senator Jane Hume. Now, Jane Hugh oh, yeah. is in charge of like everything, digital, finance, super, all the stuff, a lot of the stuff that's relevant super, in, is relevant to the now. Big, and, big super. and super. He had a lunch with her at a local cafe, and I've always said this, if you want to meet with your local MP, send him an email, hi, my name's Paul. I look after 150 small businesses that employ 400 people in and around your electorate. I'd love to have a coffee with you. I reckon like most, maybe in election period, all right, but most I reckon most MPs would actually give you an audience if you wanted to do it. We that. have the Labor Minister turning up to the kids' school today. So there, there you, go. you go. There Get you go. They're not, they're not like it's their job to actually listen to people. And because you represent more than just yourself, I think accountants can hear him. And Pete, to his absolute credit, took out for lunch, printed off the change GPS section 100A submission and physically gave it to her while he was in the cafe. We got a photo of it. Link's in the show notes. Here's why I'm so happy with it. I'm so proud of of, of Pete, and I think it shows the potential of the accountant's. You don't need the accounting bodies to lobby for you. I'm not particularly sure how effective they are anyway. You can do it yourself. And sure, you don't have time. You don't always have the time. It's hard. You're busy. But you can get your local MPs audience. And I'm noticing, Paul, from everyone, all, you know, how many accounts have we spoken to that have been on representative state committees? For you have it. You know, I say, them, oh, do you feel like you were listen to? No, nah, nah. The whole thing was just a waste of time. That would be the most common phrase I get told when I ask people what it was like. It's hard to change from within. These organisations are big and clunky. They've got legacy processes, legacy politics. You as an accountant can influence from the outside. This is a pretty well-functioning democracy, despite what some headlines like Yeah, make out. <laughs> despite what a lot of people make out. Yes, no. It, 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 uh, good, on, good on them. That was uh, good to get an audience, uh, especially this close to an election. Very well done. Uh, let's do a quick recap of the roto, then I really must go. What, David, it was interesting. First one back. First sort of big big road show. I mean, BGL RegTech. Let's not undersell BGL RegTech. That was probably the first you know road show I uh, I did go back to, which was uh, which was good. It was a good conference. Uh, in some respects, I think BGL RegTech was better. Um, uh, RegTech was hampered because the first one, the one in Sydney, was the day before Sydney flooded, so the crowd was a bit yeah. down. We certainly can't blame the New South Welshman for that one. Um, Uh, My take on Rocho, I've physically been to Perth, Melbourne, Geelong. Uh, My team has been to Warren, Hobart, Launceston, Adelaide, Canberra, Wollongong, and I feel like there's another rural one that we've been to. Um, So, been all around Australia. uh, I can say with great confidence that in the accounting world, at least, the mood of the accounting world in Western Australia and South Australia is significantly better. Significant. They've, they've had a significantly better couple of years. They have. <laughs> they have. Uh, when I walked into the Perth, I, I couldn't believe it. I walked into that Perth Zero Road show and I felt that energy. I felt that energy that makes it used to make us want to go. You know, it gets you away from your desk. It's something a bit different. You can pick up a couple of things. You know, you don't have huge expectations on these things, but you could just do it with a nice experience. Perth had that. Reports course, back from my team and everyone that I spoke to was that Adelaide had that as well. Um, Melbourne, unbelievably flat. I reckon you know, maybe 50% turnout. I don't know the exact numbers, so don't quote yeah, yeah. Zero would have them. Um, as, and so, so from the accountant's point of view, I think you want to go to these things to get energised, get refocused, get your head back in the game, hear a couple of things, pick up a couple of things. They probably fell flat on that, but I absolutely applaud Zero for giving it a shot and, and doing it. The same for Ron and Daniel and the team at BGL. It's not going to get back to that energy unless these brands put their neck on the line to do it. The challenge with them is that it's not just them who puts their neck on us, the exhibitors as well. And for us, they're not cheap, and the reason they're not cheap isn't because, I mean, zero zero and BGLA charge a fair amount. The cost is that our sales teams are flying around the country not doing sales, and in my case, in our company, our sales teams are away from their, their partners and their kids. That's the actual cost for us. So if we go, you got a footy game in, didn't you? Didn't you get a, that was in you know, that was in Melbourne, not in Perth. And it the scheduling may have worked out well for me. Yeah, so. yeah. Right. Um, but to, so so there's this big question that myself and many other tech vendors are saying: we we'll say, well, are we going to keep ploughing money into supporting these events when there are better ways to get return on investment? And yeah. I'm running some numbers now. Yeah, we're running Client Awareness Client Advice Week next week. A change GPS. There's 1,300 accounts have registered for it. 700 of them are new to us. So I'm just talking about a small business owner here yep. talking about my business. Geez, that's a lot better return on investment than what Roadshow yeah. gave me. But Roadshow yep. gives me face time. I get to feel the community, but I only got that in Adelaide and Perth. So I'm hoping that over the year, by the time we get to zero con, the rest of Australia catches up. I. I from an, from an attendee point of view, it, it is hard for the add-ons. You know, I mean, I, I haven't done it for, for years and years and years, being on that side of the of the desk. But it is hard. Often, it's in a separate room. Um, yeah, the turnout probably was low. I think it's, it's hard for zero when you have. I mean, there were three sessions in Melbourne. I mean, Geelong, Melbourne, and Narry Warren. Um, but it is. You know, I, I think attendees are attendees are down across the board. I think people are still sort of stuck in their stuck in their homes. There's still a little bit of people sort of you know still trying to not go out a little bit. Yeah. Um, there wasn't massive. There sort of wasn't. Um, I guess a hint that anything massive was going to be unleashed, so to speak. Can I, I want to challenge this. I want to be empathetic to people who are having reservations about going out, but. The Formula One in Melbourne broke the global record for people who went yeah. to a sporting event. <laughs> AFL crowds are down a little bit, but they're still pretty big. I think you go if you think it's going to be valuable, which brings me to yeah. the next point. Is Zero still the big pool? And you've been on it for years, and much from what every attendee told me, until Zero has a big product update, it's always going to be a little bit humdrum because they're sort of repeating a few things. And the consistent feedback that I got from people in, in all the cities was – uh, it felt very salesy. I understand why it felt salesy so because Zero is entitled to get a return on investment for it. But seriously, everyone at Zero, please oh, I say this with great support, please do two streams for the beginners and the advanced. Basically yes, solved uh, so, so many problems. Yeah. I, I think um roadshows and sessions like that really, really do struggle with the um Audience being, as you said, two speeds. Um, you know, I, I don't think really as an industry we've we've sort of un, un, unlocked the bookkeeper versus accountant stream either. Yeah. You know, we we tend to be very general, especially when part of the content was about advisory or you know, like all, all this sort of stuff. I, I look, I, I think it's hard. I, I think, I, I think the content and all of this, and, and you've talked about it before, David. The content that gets people there, being this. More thought leadership, more cap over the wall type stuff isn't what actually a lot of people need, which is these are the buttons. These are the tips and tricks. This is how to get the most out of it for yourself. So look, I think, I I, I think, I think zero is the big pull. I think it was hard to do that many sessions. They were down on staff, although that doesn't affect the numbers. Um, no in terms of um people they they were training i think two or three people for every for every talk our panel session had um late changes to moderators late change to guests uh i still look i thought the days ran well i did think the numbers were were really low but i did think the days ran well there are times in this role poll where i need to shut my mouth and now is one of them that's fine uh, see i have no i have no reason yeah, to, I know, to I know open it. i know but anyway I we've will. got a uh Zero Con, you gonna go? I still yep. think Zero bought should be a big call. You bought your ticket? You I get a free I feel like I feel like the one-off, I feel like the one-off events. You know, Roadshow is kind of like I almost felt I, I think the hardest the hardest part for a, a zero roadshow is that, and Melbourne were the first, was on the first day, so it did feel yeah, like yeah, we were yeah. gonna get something. Then the blogs go out, and then you're kind of like, well, you're not rocking up because they've already yeah put it out on the marketing blog and you're like, like have, have we in, in, in the efficient, we need so much information, the efficiency of digital information is so good, is that enough? So again, if you were, I'd be really interested concerned. to see what the online roadshow attendance is like because offering an online version, it's like yeah. I'm turning up to a webinar, it's like don't worry, you'll get the recording as soon as um, you say that everyone's down. So I, I, I'd put a pin in the attendance saying they might be waiting for the recording. Or the online? Perhaps, Paul, well, perhaps I'd like a refund maybe on some of the money I spent on it. And if that's the case, no, I, I wouldn't have, I felt sorry. Should for I it. ask for a refund? Do you reckon I should ask for? No, caveat emptor. David, I, I think you, you went into it knowing pretty much what you'd get. And I could have, uh, I'm sure yourself, as I could have told you, that is about what I expected in terms of engagement. Probably more numbers, but I think you, you take that and make a decision going forward. So would would if I was you, would I ask for a refund? No. Would I consider whether or not going next time? Probably. Uh, we're going to be at ZeroCon. I mean, I'm really excited for ZeroCon. Precon is definitely happening this year. Ignition are doing a precon. con uh, Change GPS sponsoring it with the Ignition guys. See you there. Have a great week, so, Paul. Have a great weekend. Oh no, it's Monday. We're publishing on Monday. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks, mate. See ya. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul meisner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul meisner.
0: I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the Trenches.